Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome, welcome to the COB. It is a Thursday. It is the 1st of October. I'm Nadine Blaney here with David Scott. Scotty, new month, new quarter, new start it seems for the ASX. Yes, amazing. So after um, fretting yesterday and uh, plunging by 2.3% or so and uh, no, very ugly finish of the quarter, lo and behold, I know recoup part of that back today. Uh, so a strong start of the quarter, a lot of optimism about US uh, stimulus package. Uh, filtering through to our local session today. I guess so. Um, still, though, the uh, U.S. lawmakers remain very divided. Of course, some of the conversation today revolved around the wash-up from the U.S. presidential debate. But yeah, when you think fundamentally about the U.S. economy, a lot of it comes down to that fiscal stimulus. We know that we've got monetary policy behind us. We've got the Powell put. But we do need um, stimulus to continue to help drive consumer confidence, help drive spending, help get those people into the shops, which is how America recovers at the worst of times. Absolutely. When you've still got close to 30 million Americans who are out of work uh, claiming unemployment benefits, it uh, reinforces that uh, fiscal stimulus has to go and play a role to help uh, you know, smooth out this economic cycle. Otherwise, it could get nasty very quickly and uh, the dreaded W-shaped uh, recovery may come to a fruition. We have had a little bit of a debacle in Tokyo today with trading halted, bit of data issues there. And then if we look further around the region, uh, we've got a bit of a holiday happening in China, the Shanghai Composite offline today. Do you think that had any impact on trade around the region, perhaps even here in Australia? Oh, I think it's got a lot of, uh, definitely going to reduce volumes around the other uh, region and, and throw in Tokyo Stock Exchange not being able to trade because of a, a hardware issue of all things. So the first time ever we've seen that exchange down. Uh, so you, with China in particular, the Golden Week holidays, you're going to have the largest and most influential market uh, in this region now offline for a week. Just given the amount of uncertainty that exists, whether it's, you're talking about debates, whether you're talking about fiscal packages, uh, economic data, you know, what Donald Trump's going to tweet next. Uh, you can just see that the potential for thin volumes, greater uncertainty leads to typically uh, high volatility. So we saw that yesterday and we've seen that again today here in Asia. Yeah, we just like, I guess, the direction that it went a little bit better here for local investors. And I think part of what helped drive sentiment here was the big gains that the miners made. In particular, those playing in the iron ore space, we had Fortescue Metals up by two and a half percent. Big tick up in the price of iron ore again, uh, Scotty, related perhaps to to what what this, uh, what, what is it, Golden Week holidays in, in China? Well, it's National Day, so National Day celebration, so it's a uh, you know, pump and ceremony and everything else, and so uh, they're going down tools for a week, and uh, you know, generally 
in normal circumstances, the market's going to take a breather. But uh, on this occasion, I think it might go and add to volatility. But uh, yeah, iron ore prices are a huge pop last night. The uh, benchmark price up about 5% or so. Uh, I described it in a tweet today as uh, FOMO YOLO uh, heading into Golden Week <laughs> holidays. It was a bit like that. Uh, you could say maybe you know trying to go and procure uh, supply ahead of that holiday. Uh, maybe a bit of speculative activity. There was also talk about disruptions out of Brazil. Uh, Rio was out overnight saying that uh, they expect uh, Chinese steel production to go and top one million tons. I think it is uh, for the uh, for the calendar year. Um, maybe it's one billion. One or two. One but million, yeah. Yeah, sounds, sounds wrong. Yeah. There's been that kind of day for me. So, uh, but yeah, one something. Uh, so some big, uh, big growth there. So that obviously filters through to an uh, outlook for, uh, for raw materials for steel, which of course, iron ore is a major one. <laughs> you were kind of a little bit Donald Trumpy there for a minute. Ah, the facts oh, don't matter. Oh, my Joe Biden, I don't know. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, we spoke with Todd Warren from Tribeca Investment Partners about iron ore. But another um, commodity that we spoke to him about was rare earths. I'm gonna, t- I've, I've got this all tied up. I'm, I'm making the links here. Um, because Donald Trump today said that uh, he's looking, obviously he doesn't wanna rely on China for rare earths as the great decoupling continues. And so that really lit a fire under the share price of Linus today. So Linus, by the end of the session on the Chi X 200 was up by about five and a half percent. Linus, of course, one of the only rare earths producers outside of China and they're looking to get their processing facilities um, while diversifying away from Malaysia. So we had uh, that chat with Todd Warren, which was it is online if you'd like to, uh, to, to take a listen to that, see what he thinks of Linus. But I also made Linus the stock of the day today. And so um, Kashi sat down with his two expert guests to find out what they think of LYC. Let's begin by hearing from Henry Jennings from Marcus Today. There are some commentators now and analysts forecasting a big run in rare earths, much as we've seen with with battery Mm. uh, technology as well. Rare earth plays into that whole technology space going forward in the next decade or so. So um, it's a good story. The lady who runs it, Amanda Lacaz, Yep. She has done an extraordinary job in a really tough environment. I'd probably wait till the froth evaporates from this announcement because you do see them right. bounce. But $2.30, it was pretty well supported, that uh, capital raise. Around that price, I'd certainly be looking okay. to buy them for the longer term. The Linus is the second largest producer outside of China. Yep. So there is no other real producers in the world right. that are doing what they're doing right now. And hence the government looking potentially at Linus or the sorry the U.S. government looking at that saying we need to have some strategic kind of uh, um, position here. And so I think it's only a positive for Linus going okay. forward. They've got some really good contracts with Philips. They've got some really good contracts with some of the other major companies as well. So look, it's a, it's a long term. So yeah, it's a buy from me. Okay. So that was Adam Dawes from Sean Partners on Linus. LYC is the ticker code. Look, the bromance between the two, not broken over that stock. Uh, they both like it, but uh, safe to say that Henry is looking for a bit of a pullback before he'd be buying. But, you know, Adam, you heard it from, from himself. He he's, he's thinks it's, it's a pretty solid story. So there's a stock of the day for you. Another company that did really well today was Reliance Worldwide. In fact, it led the 200 up by about uh, close to 11%. Earnings uh, looking pretty good. Sales looking pretty good to start this fresh, um, you know, start the fresh year. That's it's quarterly earnings season, believe it or not, again in uh, the U.S. Never stops. Yeah, it feels like it never stops. But um, 
Yeah, Reliance is just warning. They still didn't provide guidance for the full year, but saying that, you know, the market conditions that they're experiencing now unlikely to continue. Zip, good old Zip was up by 6.6%. It was an interesting sort of um, story being painted in tech today, I thought, because you had, you know, NextDC, you had Appin, you had, uh, you know, Altium pushing lower, but really big gains for zero. In fact, at one point, it looked like it was going to close at a record high. And then you had Zip up by more than 6%. We do get an update, though, an update on figures coming from Zip. I think it's next week. So yeah, maybe people just trying to get in uh, ahead of that. Oh, look, we undoubtedly know there's going to be enormous growth figures. It's almost across the board. We've seen that, and I think the market's come to expect it. Uh, Obviously, the uh, the, the factors that I'm looking for in those particular reports is what's going on with margins, what's going on with bad debt provisioning, uh, because I think in time there's going to be so much competition in that space that uh, it's going to be very difficult for all of them to go and coexist. But uh, it is when you go and watch, you know, we we know that uh, Zip is a a fan favourite here at Ausbiz. So Mm -hmm. I know a lot of happy campers out there today, no doubt. Yeah, I hope you're one of them. Whitehaven Coal was lifted to a buy from a hold by Sean Partners. No doubt that's Peter O'Connor doing the moves there. So we'll look forward to picking his brain on that one. But yeah, Coal's, and Whitehaven Coal in particular has had a pretty good run. We touched upon that with... uh, with, um, I guess, from Tribeca, Todd Warren, a little bit earlier as well. I keep pointing you to that interview. It was a good one. I thought it, it was, was. I enjoyed good. it. Yeah. I, I really enjoy having a chat to Todd, particularly like I like my commodities as well. So it's, uh, it's always great to go and chew the fat. So and and I, really enjoy, I'm gonna, I really enjoyed speaking with this small clap, small cap, excuse me, cloud security provider, First Wave Cloud Technology. So Neil Pollock is the CEO. They just did a really big deal in India. And uh, they're, they say that they're democratizing Cybersecurity. So, if you're a smaller business, you can, um, you know, protect even your remote workers by using their platform. Their platform is white labeled by other um, entities. So, it's he said, you know, many people might be using first wave technology, never know that it's first wave technology, but it is Aussie born and raised. So that's uh, available via the show notes, and uh, I think that the share price had a pretty good day today as well. We also spoke with David Sikulski. He's from Carrara and he talked to us about why equities are not very good value right now. He's pretty concerned about, you know, the U.S. election and the outcome and, um, yeah, the situation when it comes to the U.S. and China as well. So, yeah, lots to catch up with if you haven't been watching the stream through the day today. Pretty good and uh, pretty big night when it comes to economic releases in the U.S. tonight as well, Scotty. Yeah, so we have uh, ISM manufacturing comes out, uh, a big bopper uh, that markets always go and react to. Uh, We also have uh, initial jobless claims uh, and also personal consumable consumable expenditures, should I say, which is, uh, I know, feeds in looks at things like consumption levels, spending levels, savings levels. So I'll give you a bit of an insight as to how the U.S. household sector is performing at the moment, particularly in light of what we're seeing with those uh, very generous uh, support payments that have been started to be tapered back uh, the end of July, whether that's having an influence on that particular metric. Yep. So don't forget tomorrow is still a public holiday in China, Hong Kong. Also adds that list, South Korea and India. We'll see if Tokyo gets back online as well. Some people um, have been saying the Tokyo Stock Exchange is being knocked out so they get a four-day weekend, maybe. <laughs> I do. Oh, how good would it be to have a four-day weekend? We're here on Monday. Markets are trading. No public holiday for us. Although, where else would you rather? Doing it just for you, all those out there, particularly on the who want to go and watch stocks in the other uh, public holiday, and of course Victoria and WA. Yeah, but but we're getting ahead of ourselves because tomorrow is Friday. We get retail sales at eleven thirty here. We get uh, U.S. non-farm payrolls as well on Friday. This is the final employment read before the U.S. election. So. 
There will likely be uh, some tweets coming from the U.S. president if the number beats expectations. He hasn't been tweeting about uh, or talking about Howard. Uh, I know there could be a surprise like he's done in previous ones, so maybe it's not looking so glowing. There is some speculation that he gets them beforehand and uh, potentially goes and uh, can follow his, uh, his lead for uh, potential clues. So want to keep an eye on, but we know from around the world, uh, no, of late, uh, official jobs data has generally gone and beaten expectations in a lot of cases by a lot. So we'll see whether that trend continues tomorrow night. I am up bright and early. I can't wait. I'm going to be speaking with Jay Bryson, MD and Chief Economist of Wells Fargo Corporate and Investment Bank right from the U.S. A little bit later on as well, I'll be speaking with Frank Colomango. He is CEO and MD of Vanguard in Australia. So the company has decided to get out of super fund management. So Frank will be joining us to explain, you know, why? I'll be talking with him as well. Oh, you're with me at 10. Oh, the dream team. Back that. Sorry, Scotty, didn't mean to leave you out of that one. Um, You'll probably come up with all the good questions, though. <laughs> I don't think so. So, you know, the day continues on. You and Gemma will be on in the afternoon together, and uh, you'll round it out with uh, a, a nice chat, I think, with Fraser McLeod from Sean Partners because we missed him today and he's going to be talking everything buy now, pay later. I heard our producer Christian on the phone with him and um, I think he, he got him over the line. So, yeah, looking forward to everything to come tomorrow. Uh, is it a wrap, Scotty? I think it's a wrap. Let's go and uh, ice the heels, get ready for another big day and uh, bring on the weekend. <laughs>